You're listening to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Simone de Rochefort is being sexy in Paris right now. And so jealous. Congratulations. We love you, Simone, but also like, yeah, like expletive you. Um, Yeah. But uh, but fair, fair, right? But but we love you. So instead, you're stuck with me. I'm Christina Warren. I'm a senior developer (laughs) advocate at uh, GitHub and Brianna Wu, who is the executive director of Rebellion Pack. Uh, This episode is is, uh, brought to you by um, uh, Boosties, Uh, you know, people who who pay us five dollars a month for our special uh, ad free version of a show and a special segment. You're the ones who keep us in business because otherwise you do uh, like at the ad mark is real bad, yo. Um, so thank you for all of you. So on this episode of rocket, um, Christina and Brianna are going to talk a little bit more about some AI stuff because I was actually at the open AI event last week. And also disclosure, my, my, um, company GitHub announced a bunch of cool stuff that we're doing with, with copilot and AI things at GitHub Universe this week. We also are going to touch on the Humane AI pin, which I think we're going to have different opinions on, which always makes a great show. I know. When we disagree, it's that's, the best. that's when Rocket just really feisty. It really is. And then uh, we're going to talk about the brand new updated Steam Deck uh, um, OLED, uh, which um, I'm going to go on record as being like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to buy um really yeah so again maybe we have different opinions we're gonna talk about oh this oh my god look at this okay let's get to so we're it gonna go let's that. Get to and, it. and then for boosties for our boosties who keep us as we said making the content uh at the content mills you're going to hear brie and i talk about the marvels which <gasps> i saw i also saw okay um, so I want to queue up the uh, the AI topic yes, with a confession for our listeners. So I've done a lot of media this week on on the AI topic. I mean, you know, obviously we did the show last week. I did Twit this week. I, I did well. I did fine. I held my own. But I felt like such a fraud every single time I opened my mouth because it's like Christina was actually – there. And I know you're watching all these technical keynotes and you're actually in the decision-making process. So Simone and I did the very best we could last week to bring you analysis and all the stuff we said is true. It is important that the cost of like tokens for developers down. This store that they're bringing looks really cool, but I'm sure you have a trillion times more insight beyond the Tech 101 headlines. So Christina, I want you to tell me what what your really deep technical thoughts of, of this were. You know, I would love to be able to ask you follow-up Yeah, questions. of course. Okay, so the first thing that I, I want to kind of uh, go over is I thought that they did a great job with their event. This was their first developer day. This was their first real like broad event I think they'd ever done for kind of the the more general public. And um, they nailed it. They nailed it. I have to I have to give it up for OpenAI on that. So it was a really, really good event. What it reminded me a lot of, and I'm and this is I mean this in the best way possible. It reminded me of like the late aughts, early 2010s when Facebook or Twitter used to have like developer events. And there was like this sense of excitement. A lot of people were comparing it to Apple keynotes. I'm not going to go that far only because A, way fewer people. B, I think even at the era of like the iPhone introduction, right? Like Apple was such a big company that I don't think that the comparison is fair um, or, or, you know, really matching, right? But I felt like this reminded me a ton of when Facebook and, and Twitter um, 
you know, in again, like the, the, the late, the late aughts, early 2010s used to have developer events. And there was a sense of excitement, especially in San Francisco, where you would see kind of like this cavalcade of like, who's who showing up and, and people get really excited about stuff. And that was the same thing here. Like I, I saw people that I used to see at those events, you know, they, I, I think that they, um, had really good stuff. The, the keynote was incredibly good. Um, they had this, uh, they had this demo, um, where they were showing basically using, um, you know, uh, like real, like, you know, language, um, using some of OpenAI's own internal API things and being like, okay, let's give $500 in credit to four attendees at this event. And then it popped down immediately, like, like four people's names and who were actually at the event. And then they said, no, let's just go ahead and give it to everyone. And all of a sudden you saw this list in real time of like all the attendees names. And I, I, I'm, I'm not joking within like 30 seconds, I got a, you know, a Gmail push notification on my phone saying I had a $500 API credit in my open AI, AI account. So I don't know if the demo was like 100% real or if they just timed the, the, the batch push perfectly. It doesn't honestly matter to me. It felt real. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, that's a killer demo where you're doing something live. And then, like I said, within 30 seconds, I, I see I'm getting that, that API credit already, you know, the, uh, in my, I'm getting the notification that it's already in my account. Um, so that so was cool. What did you, did you, it's definitely really cool. I, I guess my question is like, other than what was reported in the press, mm-hmm. right. Which is kind of filtered for consumers generally, you saw this on the floor yeah. as a developer from that point of view, really understanding the tech stuff. So, like, do you buy this vision that this is is going to be, like, compatible for developers, accessible for developers? Like, what are your oh, thoughts yeah. about how this is going to be used? Oh, yeah. So, and and and, and I to give a little more context, so OpenAI, um, for, you know, more for more than a year now, actually probably a couple of years, they've, they've allowed developers to have access to their various GPT models. And ChatGPT, this is crazy to talk about and it's crazy to re- recognize, is less than a year old. Like they literally released it, I think, December 1st of 2022. And so we're not even at a year since that came out. But since that came out and, and when that actually was released, there were a number of um, very, uh, uh, you know, like high up AI people at other companies who were kind of dismissive of ChatGPT because they said, oh, well, this isn't really any different than anything else you've been able to do with, you know, um, the, the models and the APIs they've released and anything else that, that OpenAI has, has shown um, around. Like there's nothing really new or unique about this. What they got wrong and, and what clearly uh, I have to give, again, I have to give OpenAI tremendous credit for was that it was the interface not the fact that the technology was doing what it was doing. Because it's right that that you could do essentially what ChatGPT was doing. You could have done that, you know, um, 18 months, two years ago. But the interface of just being able to use natural language in a chat interface, and, and, and I think that's when it then clicked for the general public, brought an awareness to a lot of the other stuff that OpenAI and, and other companies too had been doing for a really long time and brought it to like the mainstream in a way that we have never seen with any other thing, right? Like they, they announced, you know, they have like, you know, like, like 50 million, I think like, like, like weekly, um, a- active users, you know, like they, it, it's, it's ridiculous how, um, it, I think they have, I, I can't remember the stat of how many paying users they have for, for chat GBT plus, like they have a ridiculous amount of, of uptick in, in under a year. And what we then saw was a lot of people using the open AI APIs, 
um, which would include many of the things you could use with, with ChatGPT, but also some of their other models too, like their um, their model uh, for uh, uh, creating uh, generative art, Dolly, which is now Dolly 3. And uh, one of my favorite things, which is a completely open source model for uh, data, or not for data, for, for voice uh, um, uh, translation and transcription, um, Whisper uh, V3 was announced uh, last week. Um, and, and that's something that you can even run on your own machine locally and is free and is frankly the best like um, voice to uh, text thing I've ever seen. And it'll also convert languages. It's very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. So they, you know, they, they've continued to improve on those things. But we've seen even just in the last year, you know, um, again, disclosure, like uh, GitHub where I work, we've been a partner of OpenAI's um, for, for going on, you know, three plus years now because we use it for our um, um, coding um, uh, assistant, uh, GitHub Copilot. And so uh, we were like a very early user of a lot of their tools. And so, but you've seen even more companies start to integrate those things into their products, into their services. Um, and and I think that, but, but up until now, um, the the GPT-4, which which was released, I think, in, in, in March, um, was, or might have been February, but, but it was released earlier this year, has been extremely expensive. And it still is a lot more expensive than GPT um, 3.5 or or GPT 3.5 Turbo. However, the price has come down a lot, which I think will make a really, really big difference in how people can do things. And the fact that they now have the fact that you can use it with the 128,000 K, you know, context um, size means that you could feed this even more data. So I, I think that the amount of data you can now feed it is something like like fifty or sixty pages, um, and and it can take that from one thing. And, and just to kind of show like a, an example, so I was on Twit um, last week, and we were talking about the Biden administration's um, uh, AI um, uh, right, like, the executive, executive order, order right? that you have to basically check and make sure it's right. It can't be used for harm before right. Which, it goes live. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're completely unenforceable executive order. Um, but that thing was like ten or twenty thousand words. Like it was really long. And so when I tried to initially feed that to um, GPT four, even I would get errors uh to, to, to summarize i'd be like oh this is you th- i would get an error basically being like this is this is too large um uh you you, you know i i can't summarize this uh, i might be able to do it with, with with bing but at least um using the the stuff that i had access to um on on open ai's uh, side i i couldn't process that entire document with gpt4 turbo like two like literally the next day i could so is turn like tell people about Turbo because I was reading about this and it doesn't seem like a, a revolution. It's more of an evolution, right. you know, more modern data set, faster, cheaper, like all that. Well, kind the of the stuff. biggest thing is, and yeah, they have updated the data set, but that would be useful for anything that that you can that you're you're calling with the model. So now that the, the Chat GPT, I think, is is um you know uh, updated up to April of of 2023, and and their goal was to not have it. I think more than seven months out of date. We'll see how you know, up to date they can keep it. That's going to be another challenge. But GPT-4 Turbo basically will support a larger context window, as I said. So you could take something where in the, before you had a certain limit of how many, um, so how, the way that tokens work in, in GPT terminology is that a, a word or a sentence will be split into a certain number of, of, of bytes or, or tokens. And, and so it'll give you, you know, you, you have like a certain maximum that you can use. And so before the maximum used to be, I think, 32,000 for GPT-4. Now it's 128,000. So again, I could take like, uh, you know, 20,000 word um, executive order that 
previously was too big. If I fed all of that into chat GPT and said, summarize this, it'd be like, this is too big for me. I can't summarize this whole thing. I have to do it in, in, in bits and dots. Now I can put the whole thing there and it can actually take all of that in. And so the reason a lot of companies, and it's not just OpenAI doing this, but a lot of companies who are working on these models, one of the things that they're focused on is how can we get the context windows larger so that you can, um, you know, have them, you know, locally kind of analyze um, larger and larger uh, data sets in addition to whatever else they've been trained on. So um, when you're mm-hmm. thinking about like, if you're building a program, this is really interesting because if you're, for instance, let's say that you are a software, let, let, let's say you're an office productivity company. Okay. Let's just, let's just say that. Um, not saying your name is Google, not saying your name is Microsoft, but let's just say that, that you make an office suite, right? And one of the things that you want to offer is the ability to analyze and maybe offer suggestions or feedback or summaries of the work of, of, you know, the, the people who are using your product. Um, Right now, it would be fine for most documents, but if you had a really long legal brief or if you're working on a novel, it wouldn't be ideal for that. But the bigger you can have that that context window, the better it can be for actually being able to bring that information in. And for instance, if you're then customizing your your GPT based on, say, your writing style or what else you do, you could potentially have it fed with way more things from your own writing that it would then get a sense of, okay, this is how you write things. And, and this is the style that you do. And these, this is what the way your sentence structure tends to be and, and, and whatnot. Um, and so, so those things matter. Um, and, and so getting um, larger context windows matter. So that's what, that, that's what makes the turbo. The other thing is that they're now able to, uh, as you mentioned, it's cheaper. It's, it's now, um, you know, uh, three times cheaper for input tokens and, and, and um, two times cheaper for output tokens compared to the old GPT-4. Now, GPT-3.5 Turbo is still going to be the most cost-effective. So if you're somebody who, like, it's, if you're offering GPT-4, like most companies that will do that will still be charging a price premium because it's still about 10 times more expensive um, than, than the last version. But I think this just shows in seven, eight months, like how much they've, been able to, you know, already come down in price um, on the latest models, which which is great. And and I, and again, I look, I don't know anything about like their underlying business um, uh, plans, and I don't know how much compute this is costing them and whatnot. But I, this is one of those things where the more you, um, the more use and uptake you have on these things, the lower the price they can they can bring for everything. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I was already impressed with what they were doing, but I really um, uh, was impressed with their, with their live demos, you know, in person. Um, the, the sessions were really good. And um, I, I thought that they, you know, again, like they, they put on a really good event. So yeah, right now it can handle like 25,000 words of text. So that's significant. Like that's, that's, that's a lot more than what you used to be able to do. And so um, and, and the new, the new whisper model again, which is the, the voice to, um, uh, to text model is very, very good already. It was really good. Uh, but now it's really good. And I, like, I'll go this far because you can find, um, people who created front ends and, and free tools, um, for, or, or very inexpensive tools to use, um, with your Mac or something else, rather than paying some of those services that will transcribe a video or a, a podcast or something for you use whisper uh, it's actually free and it's, it's, it's good. Like it's, it's better or it's, I'm not going to say better. It's every bit as good as the service that I used to pay a dollar a minute to, to transcribe. So 
Well, there it is. I mean, it, it sounds like, I, I guess it feels like directionally, like we did get the the highlights of it. Yeah, um, you did. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, it, to me, the really big um, thing that people are not talking about is the lower eyes token cost, right? Um, and I think the fact that Microsoft had, like, you're literally your CEO. Oh, there, yeah, that was a big deal. Really signals, like, your commitment to oh, that. Yeah. Like, they don't send the president to everything. Not at all. Right? Unless you're trying to signal something. So I think Microsoft doing that, you know, we were looking at this on last week's show, that, uh, you know, uh, cloud computing income is 33% of Microsoft's revenue. Sure is. You know, it used to be Office. Uh, today, it's stuff like Azure. So I think this really speaks to how much uh, Microsoft sees this as the uh, the future of the company. Oh, 1000%. And I have to say, like, you know, um, it was very fortuitous um, of Microsoft to invest a billion dollars in OpenAI in 2019. Um, At the time, I think there were some people who were kind of quizzical about that. I wasn't because I had a a little more insight than some other people did because of of, of people that I know who were involved with that. And B, um, just because of of my past associations with Sam Altman, um, I met him when he was doing Looped and I, which, which was a failed startup, but I've, I've said this before, I'll say this again. When I met him, when, when we were both like 25 years old, I, I said to myself, I was like, okay, he's one of the smartest founders I've ever met. And, um, and that was before he did Y Combinator, obviously before OpenAI. And so just on that alone, I, I had hopes for OpenAI, but that was, I, you know, Microsoft, I think, made a very good um, investment there, um, and and they've continued to invest. And I think that you know, as someone who is a Microsoft uh, shareholder, uh, disclosure, whatnot, I'm I'm happy um, that, that Microsoft made that investment. And and yes, I was shocked to see Satya there. Satya also made an appearance at GitHub Universe, which was great. But like, you're, but you're right, he does not go to everything. They do not let him show up for everything. So it, it was a a really big moment that you know, at the at their very first event, he's there, and it's clearly showing, as you said, like cloud is, is the main um, engine driver and uh, this AI stuff uses a, sh- uh, a ton of compute. <laughs> a sh- yeah. ton of compute. Yeah, I taught myself there so someone <laughs> wouldn't get mad at me. Well, that's amazing. All right. Do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. All right. Let's now talk about Humane, which is a company that is uh, founded by former Apple people and a husband and wife team. And, and they've had a lot of hype. They've, they've raised a bunch of money. Um, I know a few people who who work there. Um, they finally launched their um, humane AI pen, or at least showed it off. And this is um, it's 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 powered by OpenAI. So you know, uh, again, kudos to the OpenAI team for getting a lot of people to build that stuff into it. This is seven hundred dollars. It's it's um it's two parts. So it's gonna it's like a square device has like a camera on it, and I guess kind of like a microphone and, and a speaker. And you, it'll you know take voice commands, um, and then and do things for you. And basically, uh, there's like a battery pack that magnetically attaches to the back of it, so it can connect to your clothes. But the idea is like you wear this at all times, and then it can also sort of, I guess, project um, a, an interface on your hand. Um, and so, and then you can use gestures to control it. Uh, and and it's it's powered by by T-Mobile's wireless network. And so it's seven hundred dollars, and it's twenty five dollars a month to use. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I have I have I have multiple thoughts on on, on this, and 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 there's 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 a part of me that's <laughs> oh like, okay, God. this is interesting, but this is also probably 
not going to be like a final product, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yes. Okay. So we both agree that the demo of this is probably BS, right? Like we, we don't believe it's going to do the things that it's, that they're claiming it's going to do because Apple can't even make Siri do that stuff. And, and they're Apple, right? So we agree that the, the onboard AI stuff is largely a gimmick or, or we have different opinions on that. I don't know. I, I, I would put it this way. I think that a lot of the onboard AI stuff is probably possible. I don't know if it's going to be the experience that they claim that it is. And I also, I, I, I think I actually have more concerns about like the, the, the gestures, the battery life and, and some of the other things than, than whatever it can pull from, from, from its, its AI engine, assuming that, you know, the, the latency isn't too bad, but, but yeah, go on. No, that's fair. That's fair. I guess where I'm coming from with this is I I bought so many janky first-generation products, totally. right? Like I got the first-generation Oculus Rift. Uh, I didn't regret that. It was a really good time. And, uh, you know, like it was it was fun and entertaining being at the, the forefront of all of that. I think this is going to be the same thing where I, I can really imagine this because it is a full-fledged cellular connection that's going along with it that you could go out for the day and you could leave your phone at home and be present in the moment and trust that you can get your text messages and stuff like that while you're out, right? Is it a stupid amount of money to pay for that? Yes. Should I just activate the cellular plan in my Apple Watch instead? Absolutely. But this seems like a fun kind of first-gen uh, experience of a product, and I'm, I'm dumb enough to want to go for the ride. Yeah, I mean, I can see that too. I think that I think you bring up the watch thing. I think which is interesting here because in many ways they are basically saying that they want to replace your phone, the Apple Watch. Um, yeah. Well, no, they're they're going as far as saying well, your phone. It's competing with the Apple. Watch, right? I, I think I yeah. think it is, but they're going as far as saying that they they want it to replace your phone. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm not ever giving up my iPhone for this. Like I'm just not, um, right? Uh, because I, I'm I'm a blue bubble person, and I am judgmental of people who don't have blue bubbles, and so I'm not going to become a hypocrite. And and have you know some some green bubble nonsense, um, so that I can use this as my primary <laughs> device. Like I'm Fair. I'm I, I am who I am. Um, but I think to your point, I think that the the watch or smartwatch in general, but especially the Apple Watch, I think really is their biggest competitor here because you could conceive of a world. Look, right now Apple's AI stuff is garbage, uh, and I know that they have the capabilities to do more in house, and I know that they have the capabilities to have. You know, probably they have their own LLM and they're probably doing really great stuff internally that we know nothing about. But here's what we do know about, and that is the things that actually ship. And the things that actually ship are garbage. So um, being better than that is 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 great, but you can conceive of a world. And I even have some OpenAI-backed like Apple Watch apps that like let me use the OpenAI stuff and like talk to it and, and get feedback from it. Like I, I have apps for my Apple Watch already that'll do those things. But you could conceive of a world where what if it weren't garbage? Um that you could you could do all the same things that, that you're doing with this this pen. Um I don't hate the concept. I think that some of these things are good ideas. I am a little bit confused about like the camera stuff because I'm like, okay, I don't trust that these photos are going to be decent at all. Um, and, no. and I don't like the idea that I'm taking them without any sort of viewfinder. Like, no, like that's just, that's just not what, what I want. It's going to be trash a hundred percent. I'm also concerned where they're like, oh, well, you know, 
You can use it with your Bluetooth headphones or you can have your own bubble of sound where it's just you who can hear it or you can share with friends. And I'm like, okay, am I really going to be that jackass who's going to be walking around in public, like talking to myself? Like, no, I'm not. Like, I, I you know, it's just, I, so th- there are parts of the, of the, the demo, um, there was with a 10 minute, like full video and then like a, a one minute, um, like a, you know, trail, like, you know, teaser thing. And, and in both of those scenarios, I'm kind of like, I don't ever see myself wanting to use one of these types of things um, in public. Um, I mean, I, I could be a hypocrite. We all have AirPods in, but I don't know. It just feels weird to be like, oh, I'm just going to randomly talking to my shirt. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I there's, there's, there, there are aspects of that that I'm not clear on. Um, although again, like, like it does look like it's a very polished product so far. I mean, not knowing the software, but like the hardware looks like they've thought it out. Um, well, it comes in different colors. I like the way that they have the different types of attachments to clip it onto your clothes. So if there are certain types of clothes where you're like, I don't want this to mess up my, you know, golden goose, uh, cashmere, um, hoodie, uh, which is a real thing that I bought myself last week. Um, because I, I don't want it to snag and, and make this very expensive item of clothing, um, uh, ripped. Like I like that it has a, a, a magnet based thing so that it wouldn't do that. And you wouldn't have to worry about like the, the normal kind of like clip on stuff. I like that they thought about that. I like some of the colorways. Um, and, and then obviously I think they have like different wraps you can get for it too. So they've done some interesting things there. It is interesting that they already talk about battery boosters, you know, that'll, that'll, you know, give you more battery life. And, and I'm curious how much battery life you'll actually get out of it and how often it's going to be used. Um, unlike some other things, it's not always recording and it's not always listening for a wake word. Like you have to activate it by manually tapping on it. Yeah, like Star Trek. It's yeah. the Star Trek future. Yeah, basically. Although there is a part of me that wonders, like, and I, and I appreciate from the battery perspective not having a wake word, but there is also a part of me where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have to touch this thing every time, I'm going to forget sometimes, right? So that might be annoying. I don't know. Um, but but it's it's interesting. I just I just think it's really audacious to have a seven hundred dollar um thing that then has a twenty four dollar a month um subscription. Yeah. I, I can't justify it. I think it will be a, a fun, stupid first-gen experience. There's no use case for this. Uh, I mean, that said, I would love to see this get a foothold in the market. And I I think they're... Uh, like, like, that Star Trek vision, I understand it's a different thing than, like, writing something for a TV show where action's got to happen. It's not exciting for... Like, you know, people on the bridge of the Enterprise to be looking at their phones and scrolling Twitter or whatever. I understand that. Like, it, it's not real. But I do think I'm not the only person that, as I'm out there, find myself, like, drawn to my phone when I want to be really present in the moment. Um, and especially, like, coming up on a campaign season. It's going to be fundraising. It's going to be media events. Like, there's a lot of stuff where I need access to, like, information if something comes up. But I also need to be present. So I don't know. I think it'll be a fun toy. Uh, will it be one that uh, survives and, 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 and really makes a difference? Probably not, but I'm willing to see where this train goes. I appreciate that. And I, I, um, I'm spending money on too many other dumb things right now, so I'm not going to, be, to buy one of these. So you're going to have to be the one who you know, takes one for the team and pre-orders one for us. Um, Fair. Uh, pre-orders start this week, November 16th. Okay, flash review before we go on to dessert, which is great. I want to hear briefly, have you gotten your MacBook yet? I have not. Oh. Because I haven't ordered it yet because I had other things going on, but I want to hear, but I have 
played with someone else's, and I want to hear your thoughts on yours. Okay, we'll save it for like. Okay, well, it could be a few I, weeks. I, I so it could you. be a few weeks. So I want to. I want to hear from you. So I'll just give you the short version of it. I got the 16 inch this time. I freaking love this thing. It is fantastic. I am astonished by how well games run on it. I got the uh, basic lowest model MacBook Pro in black with one terabyte, uh, which has 36 uh, gigs of RAM. It cost me with Apple Care about $3,800. The screen is gorgeous. I'm amazed by how many games are on Mac nowadays that this can run. Uh, and the thing, uh, I'd seen like in the Apple store, them having like the PlayStation 5 controller, which I think is the best controller in the industry. So I bought a second one to see how well it would pair to my MacBook. People don't know this. Like nowadays, if you just have a new PlayStation controller and hit the sec- the center button, it just syncs up automatically, just automatically works with Steam games and everything else. It's freaking great. Nice. You can play Hades on it. It runs as well as it does on my PS5. Baldur's Gate looks gorgeous. Um, This is a really good machine. I'm going to love doing video editing on it for this cycle and uh, just do not regret it at all. And the black is gorgeous. Yeah, the black is really, really good. I was able to take a look at the black um, uh, when I was able to look at one um, last week and and it looks really, really good. I'm going to be selling my 14-inch and I'm going to be buying a new one and that is, um, uh, but but I haven't um, gone through that yet. And and the guy I'm selling it to needs uh, needed some more time anyway. So that's that's fair enough. I won't be getting mine. It looks like until late November, early December, which is fine. Are you going to do the uh, Max again? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going out. I'm doing 128 gigs of RAM. Like I'm 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 not like because because th- for me, there's no reason to upgrade unless I go all out. I really look, I like this laptop, but I'm telling you if I bought this again, I do think I would go ahead and do the Max because the gaming experience on this is so good. This will bleed into our next topic. Like I don't see myself buying a Steam Deck again. Cool. Right. Yeah. If a if a lot of these can run on there, because the experience is so good with this giant screen in front of you and a controller. But the thing is, I want to have those extra cores because you, if you read the technical reviews of this, you don't really get the cutting edge amazing graphics unless you go with the Max. Uh, so I almost wish I had done that because I think it would be worth it. Yeah, uh, for for me, because I had like the most maxed out 14 inch from 2021, the only way that it would make sense for me to upgrade would be to just get 128 gigabytes of RAM, right? Like I know that the processor mm-hmm. is better and whatnot, but it would just be one of those things where mentally it's like, I can't get a base model. That's less RAM than I have now. Yeah. I can't, um, you know, like they're, they're just, uh, so, so I'm going to have to, yeah. It, and it's going to be incredibly expensive. But it is what it is. What I might wind up doing, and this is so dumb, but uh, this is true, I think, because it's going to be like $500 in taxes, I think I'm going to like buy this in Portland. See, and there there you got, there's your $1,000 right there. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Or at least half. Well, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, five hundred. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll save. I'll save five hundred bucks, and I think I, I can like, I, I'll, I can fly to Portland on like miles, and like take an Uber to the freaking Apple Store, pick it up, and and come home for like significantly less than uh I love it. than than paying taxes. And and for people who are going to be listening to me, I'm like you should pay your taxes. You know what? The state of Washington. Uh, you live in Seattle. Yeah, you pay. Taxes. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I don't. I don't pay state income tax. To be clear, but I pay significant taxes uh, and on my sales tax in every other way. So like, 
frankly, like they, 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 they can, they can choke on my $500. Um, it's, yeah. it's fine. That's fair. That's fair. I I do want to say my biggest problem with it is the power brick because the black is so gorgeous. The black Mac safe cable is so gorgeous. And then is attached to this hideous, stupid Uh, white brick. And it's like, just make a black one, Apple. Like, like this is not an expensive thing, Apple. And you know, it's the kind of corner cutting that, that frankly it's beneath you. And just don't do it. Like, like. Okay, so 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 my what what my suggestion for you will be if you are somebody who does not want to have to deal with the fact that you have a white brick and like a a black cable. The great thing about the newest MagSafe cables is that it is USB C on one end. So yes, you can buy a very small GAN charger. You can find one that'll be you know 150 watts, even 200 watts. That'll be black. Oh, that's smart. So you could buy one of those from like Anchor or someone else. And it might, you could even get one that'll have like other ports on it to work on other things. So just buy one of those. I am literally buying one now. It's 150 watts. Um, I think so. I mean, I, I'm trying to think about the, the maxes. Um, g- give me a few minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a, a proper link after, a, a, after the show just so I can double check uh, all the right things for the 16 inch. But yeah. Yeah. Cause this one's $87. Yeah. That looks really good. Yeah. Awesome. You want to talk about the uh, new Steam Deck? Yes. Yes. All right. So speaking of gaming and speaking of gaming devices, and also I think kind of speaking of like iterative upgrades, right? Uh, Valve announced last week uh, we were rocket ruled um, and I wasn't even here, but yet we were rocket ruled. Uh, The new Steam Deck was uh, announced, but this is not the Steam Deck 2. This is still essentially the same Steam Deck that came out at this point um, 18 months ago. It was announced in 2020. Um, came out, I think, in like February of, of, of 2021. I got mine, I think, in April. You got yours a few months later. Simone finally got hers, I think, this year. And all of us, I think, had made it like our one of our, you know, devices of the year, I think, in 2021. Um, Definitely. And, it, and, and I, 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 I contend that. Or, or was it 2022? I don't even remember what year it was now. Um, it might have been 2022. I might be getting all these things wrong. Um, and, uh, yes, 2022, my apologies. So it's about 18 months old at this point. Um, but the new OLED Steam Deck will be available on November 16th. Um, they, um, I think that this is one of those things where if you don't already have one and you're interested in something like this, I think that this is going to be an instant buy because the new, um, uh, model is, uh, cheaper. So for instance, it's now going to start at $549. Uh, okay. This is, this is how the prices will be. They will still sell the old school 256 entry level Steam Deck for $399. That's two that's now 256 gigabytes of NVMe. Before it used to be 64. So that's a really big upgrade. This is the one that used to sell for $550. That there's they're now selling that for $400. Now the, the mid one the, is, is the 550 model, um, which is going to have a 512 gigabyte NVMe SSD. Um, 1280 by 800 HDR OLED display. So that's what's different now is that the display is OLED. It's using, uh, it's got a slightly larger 7.4 inch screen. The APU is the same, except it is now six nanometers instead of seven. So should theoretically maybe get better, uh, like a, you know, power performance as Wi-Fi 6E rather than Wi-Fi 5. They're um, putting this at at 50 watt um, battery hours, so they're saying 30 to 12, th- three to 12 hours of, of gameplay, content dependent. Still 45 watts uh, comes with a carrying case, and then if you pay a hundred dollars more, you get the exact same thing, except it is a one terabyte OLED, 
And then the one that I'm most tempted by is if you pay $20 more than that, they have like a, a transparent model that's, that, that, that looks really super cool. So um, the big thing here is just basically they kind of did what Nintendo did with the, the Switch OLED, um, except I think that they also, they, they redesigned this in some ways. Like apparently the fan is, um, you know, um, not as loud. They've done some things to make it cool better. They've rearranged some of the components. You obviously have more space. And um, all the reviews, like, like Polygon gave it a glowing review. The Verge gave it a glowing review. I haven't read anybody who said anything other than this is great. I think the big question is, if you already have a Steam Deck, do you need to buy this? Well, I, th- I mean, that's basically it, right? Like, it looks like a really solid 1.5 upgrade. Totally. Um, but I don't find myself... Like, obviously, OLED is a better screen technology. It's brighter, it's sharper. This one's slightly bigger. It looks great. But if anything, because I played this in bed so often, I'm turning it down because it's so dark in the bedroom. Right. And I don't want to wake my husband up. Just hand to God, that's 90% of my use case with it. Sure. So um, I, I I personally do not see a reason to buy this. Um I, I just don't. Yeah. And and I'm at the point where I really like mine. And so I'm, it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, well, I could give my old one to Grant. And I kind of like this new one. You make a good point, though, about the MacBook, which is I'm about to drop thousands of dollars on um, a laptop that I don't need and that I could conceivably play games on. But this, I think, like... There, there are more games on Steam Deck. Oh, Let's just be are. clear. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake plays amazing on it. That's not on, you oh, know, no, it never iOS will be. or anything like and that. And it never will be. But Capcom is doing a really big push. I mean, Resident Evil Village is over on the App Store right now. You can buy it. It's a great game. Resident Evil 4 is coming. Hopefully Resident Evil 3, which I think is one of the greatest games I ever agree. made. I Nobody else agrees I, with No, no one agrees. So that's also, uh, but Code Veronica is also one of my favorites. I, I can't wait for them to remake that with RE Engine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Capcom is committing to bringing their really high quality AAA, you know, uh, RE Engine games over there. And the thing is, once RE Engine is ported over to Mac, a whole bunch of other really, really good games are coming through. Exo Primal was trash, but it was fun trash to play. So, um, I, I think when it comes to that, like, I think, like, I, I have a PlayStation at home, so when I'm on the road, I think I can, like, settle for a smaller game ecosystem if I'm playing on this giant, gorgeous screen with a controller. I can do that. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And and for me, I don't really... The main way I play PC games at this point, frankly, is on the Steam Deck. And so um, I've really, really enjoyed mine. I also really have enjoyed, like, doing things kind of in the modding community and stuff like that. I really do like the idea of having better battery life and 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 some of the other stuff. Again, this is incremental. I think, um, I think if you, it, it really, I think it's going to depend on how much you use your Steam Deck. Is is what uh, most of the reviews I've kind of read seem to say. Like, if you're somebody who is only occasionally using your Steam Deck, no, you don't need to upgrade. But if you're somebody who puts in hundreds of hours, you know, a year on it, sure. then I think that this might be worthwhile. Um, I do think though that this is an instant buy and an instant recommend for anybody who has been kind of on the fence about 100%. something a, because now you can get the, the $400 entry price for the old one is great, right? Like that to me, that's, that's one of the best deals in gaming. But I think even for $550 for the, the, the model that is, um, 512 gigabytes, like that is just 
that's great. Um, you know, for for the for the five twelve um, um, NVMe and and you know all the other um, improvements that they're doing. Like, don't buy a gaming laptop. Buy a Steam Deck. I I think is honestly what I would say for most people out there. Like, I think you're the type of person who knows if you need a gaming laptop or not. I actually had because I really like Framework as a company, and I had pre ordered their sixteen inch laptop, which has like a removable GPU. And, and it's, and it's, um, you know, it's a pretty innovative kind of design because like you can have a GPU on it and you, or you can kind of stick it in its back and, and it, they make like this big 16 inch, you know, like, like laptop that has like a, a Ryzen, you know, 75, uh, 60, I think like, um, uh, you know, a processor. And then it's also got like, a um, a, a very, a 7700S, uh, Radeon graphics card, um, that you can have with it. And I really like this thing. I really like how it looks. And um, uh, my friend Dave 2D did a really nice uh, kind of overview of of it and kind of his first thoughts on his channel a few weeks ago. And I was really impressed. But it was like three grand the way I had it configured. And I'm supposed to get it in January. I'm going to cancel my order um, because I just don't think I can justify. I don't think I need it is really what it comes down to. I think I'm I'm already buying a laptop I don't need um, in the form of the, the, the MacBook Pro. Um, and I might possibly be getting a Steam Deck, um, so I can't justify it. So I think for and and also if I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, what would the main reason that I would use a PC laptop of this for would be gaming? And I'm like, okay, but I can do almost all the gaming that I would want to do on a Steam Deck. And at this point, similar to the way a lot of studios have gone out of their way to make things work on the Switch, even though it, it doesn't fit like what their main requirements might be, they've, they've gone through and reconfigured to make it work, you're seeing the same thing with the success of the Steam Deck where I think a lot of, uh, when games first come out, they might not play well, but either because Valve has gone out of the way to optimize or the studios have realized, oh, actually there are millions of these things and we can sell way more games if we optimize for this, you know, um, portable console. Oh, 100%. You know? I mean, if you make that uh, great for Steam Deck page, I mean, that is, I don't know how many they've sold. I'll look it up. It is just a crazy amount. So that's a great way to just get a big truck of money for your company. Yeah, all all, all that we um, have so far is, and this is actually from today from um, Axios, um, Valve has said that it has sold, quote, multiple millions Two to three million Steam decks. Well, yeah, they, they say multiple millions is what Valve says, so we have no idea what that total is. But it, we'll put it this way: it is more than any handheld has um, has ever sold by a company not named Nintendo. Yeah, that's exactly probably it. since the Game Gear, right? Because I don't think the PlayStation Portable ever sold multiple millions, and uh, you know, like I, I, I don't. Um, so, um, oh, while we're talking about gaming nonsense. <laughs> You're a PS5 player more than I am, although I, I, I enjoy my PS5. All right, we have to talk about it. It finally came out, the stupid uh, PlayStation Portal. What? Did it? Yeah, yeah, it's oh finally out. Oh, my God, out. I've been wanting to get one. Where can I? Well, 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 it comes out on the 15th, so it'll be out about in two days, but the reviews okay. are out. It's $200. Okay. All it lets you do is string games over Wi-Fi off of your home PlayStation. Why Tell do you want this thing? Tell me the reviews are good. No. Are they good? No, are they bad? The, the reviews are like, I don't know why this exists. Oh, no. Well, it's really straightforward. Like Frank hogs the TV, and sometimes I want to play Metal Gear. I mean, I mean no, no, I get that. But I don't understand. Yeah. No, and I totally get that. I don't understand why you don't use Chalky or, or another like kind of open source thing and like play those games on your Steam Deck, for instance. That's fair. Well, it, it's it's well, Metal Gear Five is like that's a save I've been working on for well, no, 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 literally no, 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 no. over a decade. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You're, you're misunderstanding. 
You can use, there are, there are open source programs that will let you do remote play on your local PS5, on your iPhone, mm-hmm. on Android, on a Steam Deck. So you can mm. have the exact same experience that the PlayStation Portal is giving you without giving Sony $200. Okay, that's fair. But it looks so cool. It's, uh, You I think it know. looks cool? I think it looks like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So people that don't know, you've got a giant screen in the middle, and that looks like they uh, like put a um, do you have the the knife thing, the yep. the the paper cutter that Megan used to to murder that person yep. in the movie Megan. It looks like they chopped uh, I, I, a PS Five yeah, controller. I, I, in I was going to say King Solomon. Yes. Okay. Fair. And then uh, super glued it on the side. Yes. Um, I like this. Okay. I'm sorry. I love. Fair it. enough. Fair enough. I just I, I think I it's beautiful. Okay, please buy it and enjoy it. Um, I'm not oh, no. sure. I'm making bad decisions, Christina. Usually, oh. usually I'm the one who makes the bad decisions. No, in this case, I just don't know who this is for. Like, obviously, it's for Brianna Wu, but but other than Brianna Wu, I don't know who it's for because again, you there are ways where you can do the exact same thing as, um, as you want. Like like um, Shocky, as I mentioned, runs on. You know, um, Linux, FreeBSD, Mac OS, uh, the Nintendo Switch, you know, Android, like all kinds of things and works really, 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 really well. Like you can actually, you should use this actually, as a matter of fact, you could use this on your brand new 14 or 16 inch MacBook um, to play your PS5 games on your MacBook remotely. Okay. Okay. That is a much better idea. Okay. See, see, you (laughs) saved me $200. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, but, but those reviews are out and, and I just, I don't know. I, Simone and I especially roasted it before. So we just had to, to, to note that. I can't believe you don't think this looks cool. No, I don't. I just, I, 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 it looks, you know what it is? It just, it looks like the most low effort thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it it just, it's just. I think the original aesthetics of the PS5 controller are doing a lot of the heavy lifting on this. I will grant you. I I, I agree. Look, the, the, like, I like the PS5 controller. I personally still am partial to the Xbox controller in terms of my favorite controller ever, but I do like the PS5 controller a lot. But yeah, I think it's doing a lot of heavy lifting because otherwise, like, you literally just have, like, a very cheap Android tablet and then, like, on either end, like, again, like, they Megand or they, you know, King Solomon one of those controllers and rather than the middle part, it's just like, you know, the, the, the two side bits. Um, and I'm like, yeah. I don't like, but I have, um, a, um, back pain. What, what was, what's the name of the, um, Oh, the back, uh, the back. I know what you're talking about, which is really good device. It's great. Yes, oh, oh, I love the backbone. The backbone freaking great. Like that one is like, I have zero regrets on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the backbone is, is fantastic. Um, if for anybody who's looking for a way to potentially play either both Xbox games remote, Xbox cloud games remote, but also, um, PlayStation remote things. And if you want like a, to have a full controller for your iPhone, backbone one, good stuff. Really good stuff. hundred percent. All right. So that is going to do it for this episode of rocket, the main session and um, rocket boosters are going to be able to stay tuned and hear us talk about, uh, the Marvels. Um, but, uh, but Bree, uh, what are you up to this week? Uh, I'm going to Washington DC. Very excited about that. Uh, working on a big project I can't talk about. And I'm starting to put together a mega event, uh, in Los Angeles for, uh, about a month from now, uh, with a bunch of streamers. So exciting stuff. Great. I am recovering, uh, from GitHub Universe, which we had a great time. 
I lost my voice a little bit, as you can tell, got a cold or sinus infection. I'm not really sure which, but um, didn't get COVID uh, because uh, they they tested me for that at the immediate med yesterday because I got to spend my birthday at the doctor, which is what you always want to do. Um, but uh, no, I uh, um, recovering from that. And then um, the reason we are record- we so uh, I probably should have just closed this at the beginning. We recorded on Monday, which means that there will inevitably be news that happened this week that we missed. Sorry about that. Uh, I had an event that I had to host on uh, Wednesday, and uh, Simone was not going to be back in town. So uh, given um, Bree's uh, busy uh, life doing important things in Washington, D.C., and uh, the rest of our uh, kind of travel commitments, Monday it was. But yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just recovering from uh, from the last week or so. Um, if you go to uh, GitHubUniverse.com, you can catch up on all our announcements that we had there. It was a good time. Oh, also, just putting it out there, my Twitter has been inaccessible for me for a week, not because I did anything wrong, but because I don't know. Uh, I bet I've been caught in a Kafka-esque nightmare. So if you've been trying to reach me on that platform, um, try me on Mastodon or Blue Sky. That's all I can say right now. Hopefully, I will have access by the time we are able to uh, record again. So We're going to pull some strings. I we'll hope so. We can I appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. Um, and that's going to do it for us this week. If you like this episode, please give us a um, you know a thumbs up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Review us too on Apple Podcasts because those things help a lot. We were almost nine years into this show and uh, we, we, we appreciate, I, right? It, it's, it really, wow. So we're almost nine years in and uh, we appreciate doing this. We appreciate all of you listening. And um, this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.